welcome to the e-commerce fuel podcast the show dedicated to helping high six and seven figure entrepreneurs build amazing online companies and incredible lives i'm your host and fellow e-commerce entrepreneur andrew uderi Hey, hey guys, it's Andrew here and welcome to the e-commerce tool podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. And today on the show, we're going to take a slightly opposite approach of a topic that gets talked about, I think, a decent amount, which is how do you find a mentor? How do you go out and find someone to help you with your business? And we're going to flip that around and say, you know, if you've got a store and you've, you've seen a little bit of uh, a moderate uh, level of success, you've been doing this for a while, you almost undoubtedly have had people approach you to ask for help, to ask for your mentorship. And how do you do that well? How do you pick people to to say yes to, to say no to? Lots of different things. How do you actually help out in a way that's going to be meaningful for them? And joining me to talk about the issue, the man, the uh, genius behind nerdmarketing.com. Those glasses in the logo, Drew, look like uh, they could, you know, look very mentor-ish, if I say so. The man who needs no mentor. (laughs) The man who needs no mentor. (laughs) You should you should write the intros for this from now on. It's supposed yeah. to be. Uh, but Drew, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. Doing great. I'm in uh, here in New York. It's the holiday season. Ah, oh, Christmas great. in New York. Yeah, it's beautiful. Very cool. Well, I think for this episode, there's a lot of obvious ones. You know, like you know, you need to be a sounding board. You need to listen to people and. And, uh, you know, kind of the benefits of mentorship, why you should be a mentor. We're probably not going to get into those too much, but uh, talk about a few other things that hopefully will be helpful. And at the very end as well, we're going to switch around and touch on a little more, albeit a little more briefly, how to approach someone that uh, you'd like to mentor you, because that's something I think that, uh, that gets asked a lot as well. So, Drew, shall we dive in? Let's go. Let's do it. So, Drew, when I look at mentorship, I think there's a kind of a couple of different approaches you can take. You can take the approach of if you do have a, a decent number of people asking for your help for things that you can try to help everyone who comes to ask and maybe have a meeting here, a meeting there. And over the course of a year, let's say you make with, you know, meet with a dozen or a couple dozen people if you're getting a lot of requests for help. Or you can take the approach where... <laughs> that's you, my approach. That's your approach. <laughs> yeah. yeah, shotgun approach. The other approach, I want to follow up with that in a minute, but the other approach is to really kind of pick the people that you're going to spend time with carefully and then double down. And personally, that's kind of the approach I think that I've personally taken. So why the approach that, that you mentioned? I think I never thought about it as mentorship and I should have. It's been more, you know, when somebody emails through the blog or, you know, looks you up when you they read about your business or something and, you know, sends you an email out of the blue and Something they say resonates with you and you reply and, uh, you know, you might take a couple calls and help the person out. Like that's always the form it's taken for me. And I think I could be better about bringing some formality to that process so they get more value out of it really. Right. Yeah, I I like the idea of just really trying to focus your, your efforts. And for me, looking at people that you're thinking about spending time with or helping, questions I like to ask are like, what's their potential like? I would much rather... I'd much rather spend my time with someone who is is kind of on the fence, who could use, who really has the potential but just needs a little bit of guidance, versus someone who, who probably hasn't shown uh, enough potential. And and with potential, like, how is their interest? Are they really interested in it? Are they following through? What have they actually done? Um, you know, are they actually have they are they following up with what you've the small things you've said in the past? Those are kind of cues I see to really be able to double down on someone and be a little more discriminating because. Yeah, how good was their initial pitch? You know, did they take the time to learn a little bit more about your business and mm-hmm. you? 
Yeah, exactly. You know, it all matters. I, I can you see mentorship. You look at it. I really see it as helping people with potential and not building a business for them. And and I think sometimes people kind of approach a mentee or a mentor with this expectation that they're going to be able to get the business off the ground for them, which just isn't isn't realistic. So. Right. Uh, another thing I think is really important is, is try to pick someone that you can actually connect with personally. Um, I mean, if you're actually going to be a mentor, it's especially in the approach I was kind of advocating, it's a time commitment, right? You know, you're meeting with someone on a regular basis, maybe for years on end. And you, to be able to do that, be able to stay engaged when you're meeting with them and not check out and um, just to be able to have a good rapport, people know when you're not engaged, when you don't have a good rapport, you got to have someone that you can actually connect with. And I think um, that's a, a part of the puzzle that I think a lot of times doesn't get, uh, doesn't get thought about. Yeah. I mean, when you asked me to take you on as, 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 uh, <laughs> that was the thing I considered. Really, you promised, Drew, you, you promised you were not going to talk about this. <laughs> you promised you were going to say that when I, when I proposed this episode. Right. Um, I think another risk for people is as, as a mentor is this, this kind of idea that you are there to just, uh, to throw knowledge out and have it be sucked. You're either to pontificate on all of the wisdom that you've acquired. And I don't think that necessarily is, is the best approach a lot of times. I think, I think being a sounding board and being available for questions is probably a higher priority. And I think about the lessons I've learned from, from mentors, uh, from parents, especially Drew, and, you know, I can think of all sorts of things that people tried to tell me that didn't sit, but the things that actually stick 99% of the time are things that, you know, things you observe other people doing as opposed to people telling you. Yeah. One of my most powerful experiences with a, with a mentor was when that, that guy just invited me to visit his business for a week and just kind of watch and observe. And he wasn't really pontificating. He wasn't telling me what to do, but I just learned immensely from watching the person. Yeah, I've thought about there's some some trips I have coming up and uh, there's someone I'm mentoring right now and just supposed to sit and talk and have them just come along and see. I think that's, you learn way more, more doing that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's a good experience. I think as a mentor, there's, I think as people, there there's a temptation, whether it's with close family or acquaintances, uh, to sugarcoat things, to be gentle, to be, um, to maybe not tell people exactly how it is. But I think to be a good mentor, you, you need to have grace. You need to be, you do need to be gentle with how you deliver things, but um, you need to tell it to to your mentees straight. And you might be, I think you need to take the approach that you might be the only person in the world who doesn't sugarcoat things for them. And that's hard to do up front. But I think uh, as a mentor, it's one of the things you can do that's going to be most valuable to to the person who's, who's learning from you, if, even though it's difficult. Yep. I agree with that. Another thing I think is a mentor important to think about, and I can't remember where I heard this, but, but it kind of rung true for me, is realize when you need to let your mentees realize things on their own. Kind of in that same vein that we were talking about. You know, sometimes making the mistakes are a lot more powerful and, and long-lasting if they do it as opposed to being told. So there's someone I was mentoring or still am that was getting ready to start a t-shirt business. And there are a lot of reasons why starting a t-shirt business is a really difficult thing to do. And I mean, if I would have come out of the gates and said, hey, you don't want to do this. There's tons of t-shirt businesses. How are you going to differentiate yourself? Like, you know, how are you going to scale this up? The margins are small. Talk about all the challenges with having no brand letting him go through it for a short period of time and learn those things, all these different aspects about competition and market differentiation and all these things are things he's going to remember because he's gone through it himself as opposed to me just sitting there 
and, you know, telling him that. And if he was getting ready to, maybe if he was at a different point or if he was thinking about dropping five figures on the business or he'd been slugging away at it for six months, you know, something like that, there's a different case to be made. But I think letting people fail strategically on their own, even if you're a mentor, sometimes can have its advantages. So Drew, I agree. And finally, letting our understanding at least when it's time to let mentees go. Every relationship like this you're going to have is going to be different in scope. Uh, sometimes it might be for a couple months. Sometimes it could be for three or four years. But don't, don't feel bad about when the time's come for them to move on or you've given them all you have to give. Just kind of having a candid conversation and uh, kind of pushing them out the door in a gentle way. You can still keep the relationship open, of course, but there's always a point where it makes sense for, your, for that mentee to move on. And, and I don't think you need to feel guilty about that. So Go free. Go, <laughs> go free. I, I, have a, I have a mentor experience about how I was let go at one point. What is it? I've, I had this great, probably one of the only mentors I had in e-commerce was this guy who ran a $200 million e-commerce brand. And in the early days, he was great. He would reply. I can get into how I approached him and all this other stuff later. But he was the guy who brought me to HQ and basically opened the kimono and said, this is how I run my business. You guys take notes. And it was a great model. He ultimately sold the business for, I want to say, $200 million. And like he just he kind of went off the deep end. Like he just went to Burning Man, like wouldn't reply <laughs> to any emails. <laughs> it was like emailing saying like, you know, congratulations. And, you know, from your mentee, like the guy you, you had at headquarters for a week. I'm like, just haven't heard anything back from the guy since then. He's, he's still off the radar? He's off. He's gone. He's gone. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I've had, I've had a mentor that... It was funny, he, he started out as a great mentor, but then over time, a lot of the things he told me to do backfired, and the strategies he told me to do backfired, and his business collapsed, and I think he kind of, I haven't heard from him since then. But yeah, it's, I still learned a lot of things from him, but it's kind of crazy how, how some of these relationships come out in the wash down the road. So I'm not sure if we have a takeaway point for this, but more to swapping stories at this <laughs> point. <laughs> but maybe there's a good way to segue into... Yeah, so those are some thoughts on, on really how to be a good mentor. Just again, super fast highlighting, double down on your mentees and select them carefully. Pick someone you can actually connect with. Realize you're not there to pontificate. Be brutally honest, but loving. Let them make some of their own mistakes. And then finally, let them know or uh, realize when it's time to let them go. But kind of maybe quickly, how do you approach someone that uh, you want to be a mentor for you? And how did you just quickly, before we dive into these, Drew, how were you able to build that relationship with your Burning Man mentor, for, the for the lack, of a, lack of a better name? There was an article that profiled him in Inc., I think. And I read it and I remember thinking, you know, this guy, is, his business is exactly what I want to build. And it's, you know, it's a dropship at the time, a dropship retailer, different category, but man, like what he's done with it is awesome. And, you know, I just wrote him a really nice email that was very complimentary and showed him that I had followed his career for a while and kind of, you know, I took the time to figure out a little bit about himself, where he lived, what he was working on, and just uh, introduced myself and, you know, kind of just said, like, if you ever want to talk or, or if you'd ever be open to a phone call, I'd love to, you know, talk to you for five minutes and pick your brain and here are some of my questions. Like I think showing that sensitivity that these are very busy people and time is their most valuable commodity and uh, that goes a long way. I think one thing you notably didn't do is you didn't write him an email and lead with, will you please be my mentor? No, no. I, didn't, I don't think the word mentor ever came up in, yeah. in our conversation. It was just sort of a relationship that grew organically from 
maybe he gave me a couple sentences in reply to that email to, you know, a month or two later, we were talking on the phone and then it became more regular. And then I'm going, I'm flying out to visit his business for a week. And we just stayed in touch over the years. Yeah. And I think that's how all, I mean, I'm sure there's some exceptions, but the vast majority of, of really effective and solid mentoring relationships start that way. They don't, if somebody says, hey, will you be my mentor? To me, if I don't know them, that reeks of just a massive time commitment for someone that I don't know. I have no idea who they are. So I think approaching it like with a one meeting mindset or a one phone call mindset like you did is a really great way to do it. And if you can, if you can let the person you're approaching know what you've already done, you know, for example, I've read these books or I've read these blog posts on your site and here's the steps that I've taken to get where I am. And also if you can have like a clear agenda where you can ask them questions. For me, like that phrase is funny. You mentioned that phrase, Drew, that can I pick your brain? I hate that phrase so much. And like <laughs> to me, that's just like somebody that doesn't have a clear agenda or request, but they just want to hang out for an hour and, you know, talk about random business stuff with no clear goal. Yeah, I think if you can approach it with a one meeting mindset, show what you've already done, and then parlay it from there into an ongoing relationship, that's a great model. Yep, yep. Yeah. And you mentioned too, like being really sensitive of people's times. If you show up for that first meeting, I mean, if somebody agreed to meet with you and talk to you about things, take notes like crazy, you know, so you don't have to come back and ask them things or double down, be sensitive of their time. That's, again, I think if you can make a great impression on that first time. And then most importantly, I think that one of the, for mentors, the most impactful thing you can do as a mentee for your mentor is actually follow through with the advice that they give you. Because I think so few people actually ask for advice, take it, and then come back to the table and say, you told me to do X, I did it, now I'm here, what, you know, and here's the next problem I'm facing. Because if, then it actually, from the mentor's perspective, makes them feel like, oh my goodness, it's like my time is actually being, I'm not wasting my time here. I'm seeing, you know, it's actually causing a byproduct of something useful to happen. And you're going to have someone who's going to be 10 times more likely to continue to meet with you, to help you if you're actually making progress and acting on their advice. Yeah, you really have the opportunity to sort of create your own coaching program if you just act on the person's advice and make a note to circle back. Don't leave the ball on their court. You know, you take on the the onus of following up in a month or two. What do you think, Drew, about the advice of, and kind of the old mindset of help first, right? So instead of asking who can help me, it should be, you know, how can I be of service to somebody? So approaching a mentor, a potential mentor you'd like to get paired up with, and trying to offer to help them for free first to get your foot in the door and to add value before you ask for advice. Thoughts on that approach? I think it's a good idea, and it comes from the right place. But the fact is, there's often very little value that you can provide. I appreciate the gesture when people do it to me, like, hey, you might not have thought about this, or I I realized this was screwed up on your website. Here's a way you can fix that, or something like that. Yeah, I appreciate that, but it's probably not necessary. Yeah, agreed. I I think the sentiment is appreciated. And I think if you can actually genuinely can help the person you're reaching out to, it can be really, really powerful. I think often where it breaks down is if, let's say you reach out and you say, hey, I'd love to work for free for you to do all your video marketing. Just let me know and I'd be happy to help out for a while. Well, for the person taking that example, for them, that's a net yeah, maybe you'll come on board and and help them for a little bit. But unless you have a lot of expertise in video marketing, unless you are able to identify a need in your mentor's existing business where they need video marketing, and you can really come in and add a ton of value for their goals without having to be trained, a lot of times, unfortunately, offering to help out can cause more work for your mentor than otherwise just, just not offering at all. Yep. If they take you up on it. So thoughts 
mentoring, mentorship. Drew, you agreed to mentor at least a minimum of 50 people. You can reach out to Drew at Drew Sanaki <laughs> on Twitter. And uh, as long as you're one of those first Nerd 50, you're doing, you're doing hour-long meetings for the, for the next year for that 50. Is that right, Drew? Sure. Yeah, just go to my <laughs> schedule once, block off an hour or two. Perfect. You may never be able to do a podcast episode again. <laughs> but hey, fun as always. And thanks for batting this around with me, Drew. Thank you. Want to connect with and learn from other proven e-commerce entrepreneurs? Join us in the e-commerce fuel private community. It's our tight-knit vetted group for store owners with at least a quarter million dollars in annual sales. You can learn more and apply for membership at ecommercefuel.com. Thanks so much to our podcast producer, Laura Serena, for all of her hard work in making this show possible. And to you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. That'll do it for this week, but looking forward to seeing you again next Friday.